0: remember magazines? I was having a talk with Chad about magazines recently. Why? Well, I actually, as a as a child and a teenager, uh, liked magazines a lot. You know? I know that you're gonna... There's an obvious joke there. Ha ha. Dear Penthouse. Oh, what'd you get? Uh, Nerds Weekly? No. I got Nerds Quarterly. Okay? I like the essays. But I, I was a big magazine fan. You know, not only... Did I occasionally, you know, get the uh, the really cool gaming magazines, like official PlayStation magazine that came with a demo disc? You know, I, I had a subscription to Nintendo Power for a while. Um, and I got to be honest, like maybe this is too much information, but in fifth or sixth grade, if I'm having, uh, you know, some time on the toilet, I was reading usually like an old issue of Nintendo Power. It wasn't even like a new okay. It wasn't even like it was contemporary. Like, we're seriously talking about, uh, you know, issues of Nintendo power that were, like, you know, as much as two or three years old, but I would still read them and be like, oh, this is really cool. I- I liked- there was a time where I was a big, uh, magazine fan, quite frankly. We should probably use Pokeball. Um, I was trying to think, like, the- the last time I read a magazine, I honestly can't recall. I- I bet I have not read a magazine- like, outside of maybe being at a doctor's office since maybe, like, prior to 2010. Or, man, there was there's a couple of times for sure, and I'm, this this story is very embarrassing to me, but when I first started, um, you know, flying to stuff, I, I thought, like, oh, I'm a big-shot uh, businessman. Ah, people are paying me to fly places. Ah, see? So I would, like, buy you know, like The Economist. Half because, like, I wanted to... at the airport, that is. Half because I was like, hey, this will be interesting. And then half because, like, oh, if people see me reading this, they're not going to think I'm just some 22-year-old kid who snuck onto the airplane. They're going to be like, this is... he's reading The Economist. He's a serious businessman. Um, So maybe that's an answer, but uh, it's been a long time. I'm always stunned, like... When we go to the grocery store, it depends on the grocery store, but um, depending on the store, um, there's like an enormous magazine section, and I've never seen anybody inside of it. And I'm not saying like they they don't have like four magazines. They don't have like National Geographic, Time, Popular Science, Life Magazine, etc., etc. They have like... Like, legitimately, like, dozens and dozens of magazines. And I'm like, how are you still running in today's modern world? I don't believe it. Actually, and, I mean, obviously, I'm not, like, a, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. But we've been getting baby stuff. You know, gifts is what they call them, I believe. And we've been buying greeting cards to send them to say, like, thank you for the gift. That is an industry that cannot be long for this world. The greeting card that I got for my grandma, and I mean, she got me an incredible gift, don't get me wrong, she sewed, like, by hand, she's a a very talented seamstress, like, uh, a bunch of blankets, and, like, you know, burp cloths, and stuff like that, it was an incredible, heartfelt gift, at least dozens of of actual hours, not just sewing, but, you know, picking out the fabric, and, and blah, 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 and she sent them to us. And then we got her a greeting card, and I also sent her a nice personal message, but I was just like, man, why am I paying the Hallmark Corporation, like, six bucks and then also getting a stamp to send this to my grandma, when instead, like, I I don't mean to be, uh, I don't mean to be rude, I'm not, I'm not like, oh... I can't believe I have to spend six bucks on my grandma is more like, in the future maybe I could just like Send her the message that was in the card without buying the card because Hallmark didn't do anything And yet they're getting a big cut of this. They're getting a big cut of this interaction. You know what I mean? Like I think you could easily Gaslight this situation I I screwed that one up pretty bad. I screwed that one up pretty bad. Um, you could be like, oh, this, his grandma spent so much time, uh, on these gifts, and this scumbag doesn't even want to pay, like, six bucks. It's more like, you know, why should I pay six dollars to Hallmark to say thank you to my grandma who did a nice thing? If anything, I should give her the six bucks, but I wouldn't, because it's not even close to being, like, the proportional you know, response to that gift. The proportional response is to send a very nice, heartfelt message that is like, oh my god, thank you, these are incredible, we're going to put them to good use. You know what I mean? Why why is Hallmark getting the cut of every, uh, of every thank you out there? It doesn't make any darn sense to me. I really think Hallmark has been the benefactor of impersonality for a long time now. What I mean by that is I think that, you know... Someone you're very close to, you would just call them or send them maybe like an email or a message on Facebook or a text or a phone call or something. And you'd be like, thank you so much for the gift. But if every time somebody like an aunt that you haven't spoken to for like 12 years sends you a gift, all of a sudden Hallmark's like, where's my money? Hey, your dad's uncle, who you haven't seen since you're 11, just sent you a $20 gift certificate to Toys R Us, time to pay the piper. And I'm like, you didn't do anything. And they're like, Leonard Nimoy in that Simpsons monorail episode. Didn't I? You didn't do anything. Why are you getting the cut? Also, none of the cards are built for... Like, I'm pretty sure the greeting card industry has just accepted that, like, you know, pretty soon they're just done, to be quite frank with you. None of the cards have targeted millennials or younger at all. That at least at the, at the pharmacy when we went to buy the card. And then secondarily, um, like, every single... Like, first off, when I say they don't target millennials or Zoomers, what I mean is, like, none of the cards even make an effort to be anything but, like, you know, a boomer joke. Like, you know, they say uh, 40s when you go over the hill. Well, it could be worse. you uh, could be under the ground. Happy birthday. Like, every joke is like that, you know? Or it's like, you know, a, a card that has, like, a picture of, uh, you know, a fish on it. And it's, like, I'm wishing you many great lunkers on this blessed birthday. So, like, they don't, they don't make an effort to do a Zoomer interface at all. But then, also on top of that, they were all, like, happy 93rd birthday. I'm pretty sure the greeting card industry is, is, is being sunset right now. And I honestly, I gotta, I mean, obviously very many people, you know, work there. You know, whenever you, I'm not saying I'm calling for the death of an industry. By the way, but sometimes whenever you're like, I think it's probably a good thing that we stop paying Hallmark five bucks every time we send a thank you note. People are like, you know, lots of good people work at that corporation. Yeah, I'm sure lots of good people work at you know the nuclear weapon refining plant too. You know, just it, it doesn't mean that I'm like stoked of what they produce and how they continue to you know live in the world. <laughs> I, I hope that those nice people land on their feet and, uh, you know, the people making, uh, you know, weaponized uh, pathogens find something else to do that is more fulfilling and, you know, less uh, damaging on society. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, creating a biological weapon is in the same ballpark of badness as uh, making greeting cards. I'm just, uh, I'm just begging the question, <laughs> I suppose. Anyway, that's my thoughts. And the the funny thing is, I bet they thought that they were safe when they invented e-cards. But, like, the only thing more... I, I mean, it's not cringy to get a card, but you know what I mean. If somebody sent me a card in the mail, I would be like, that's a nice gesture. I'll get them back on Facebook. If somebody sent me an e-card and was like, click on this link to see my greeting, I would be like... Grandma, can you just tell me what was in the card? Because I don't really want to, like, click on this link. It seems like it might be a little suspicious. Like, if you send me a card out of nowhere, you're probably, like, in your 50s. Nothing wrong with that. If you send me an e-card, you are either trying to steal my banking credentials or you're maybe 95 years old. Which, if you're 95, that's kind of cute. Oh, look at that. Grandpa sent me an e-card. But I'm, I'm telling you, both both magazines and... Uh, and greeting cards. I have no idea how they still exist. At least magazines have kind of like an easy pivot to the online marketplace. You know, at least with magazines you could be like, "Hey, I like what they write in Vogue," you know, and then you could subscribe to the online version. There's there, there's also I'll admit there's like a nice presentability to a magazine. Not all magazines, you know, like if you're if you got a subscription to Maxim, <laughs> I probably wouldn't display that in your in your home, unless you're uh, insane or you own the magazine company itself, I suppose. Um, but, uh, you know, Vogue or something like that in particular, you know, there's like respected magazines uh, that, you know, hire great writers and do a lot of great work. But nobody's going like, hey, check out my bookshelf full of greeting cards. <laughs> Look at this, this one's got a frog on it. And a frog... It says, have a happy birthday. Look at that. Isn't that cute? Isn't that so, have a happy birthday? Do you get it? It's a little cerebral. I kind of don't understand how the business still... Like, I would have thought that Facebook would have put uh, reading card companies almost out of business. I mean, I don't know about you, but quite frankly, I would rather get a Facebook message and a card any day of the week. I get that a card is, like, you spend money, so it's kind of like a nice gesture, I suppose, but the money is going to an industry that, you know, it doesn't offend me, but it just kind of doesn't make sense to me, I suppose, anymore. There was a time. But, uh, like, I don't, did, does Hallmark empl- or, and Carlton cards, do they, like, employ lobbyists? H- how did we get to the point culturally where, like, every gift ha- has to include a card as well? It doesn't make any sense, the gift is its own implicit card. The gift says, I care about you. And you could just write on a piece of paper. The card is always like, wishing you the happiest of birthdays. For you, my grandnephew. And you're like, oh, thanks, great aunt. That's sweet. She could have just wrote that and saved it. I'm not mad at her for doing it. It's a nice gesture again. And I think that's why the industry has maintained such defensibility. Because anytime you rail against cards, people are like, it's a nice gesture. But it would also be a nice gesture to just write the same thing on a piece of paper, and it would save you money and actually, like, be less work, I think. I'm telling you, it doesn't make any any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get it. No stars. But I, I don't know about you. I would rather get a Facebook message or a text from someone saying, like, hey, and we've gotten a lot, congratulations on the pregnancy and the baby and blah, blah, blah. Not blah, blah, blah to be rude, but more like you get the idea. Um, When I get a card, it's like, as an adult, I already don't like getting mail. Because, like, the only thing I get in the mail now are, like, chores, bills, and ads. That's really all there is. Chores are like, you know, hey, your license is expiring. Hey, you know, you got to get your car insurance renewed. Hey, you know, your property taxes are due, which is also a bill but a chore. And then bills are like, you know... For things that we haven't gone paperless on yet. We, we get a bill that's like, you know, hey, your internet bills do. Hey, your hydro bills do. You know, hey, you're, you know. And then, I mean, you get the idea. And then the other thing is ads. Hey, you want to drive 45 minutes out of your way to go to a grocery store that has the same prices for everything else because Galen Weston's been fixing the bread prices for 20 years? Nah, it's okay. I'll just go to the one that's close by. So already, like, when I get a letter, I am unpogged. I'm like, ah, crap. What is this one going to want me to do? <laughs> so to not go through that process just to get a card with uh you know uh, a willow tree on it that says like you know thinking of you in this uh interesting time you know i would i'd rather just get a message that says hey congratulations and i go thank you but maybe i don't know honestly i think 10 years ago people would have been like you're going in too hard on this bit i think is uh as, you know, the demographics have switched a little bit here, or changed, I should say. Not really switched, but um, people are going to be like, yeah, go in. <laughs> get radicalized. Dismantle Hallmark. I get, Like, when I think back, in my hometown's mall, I don't know if it's still there, there was a Hallmark store and a Carlton Cards store. It's a big mall, but it's not that big, you know? It wasn't like there were six stores, but it wasn't like there were 600 either. And they had two stores whose only thing they sold was greeting cards in various different configurations, you know? That is insanity to me. But then again, we're talking about A Blast from the Past because it also had a a store that used to sell CDs. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Uh, everybody rails on gift cards like gift cards for a lot of people are like the oh it's impersonal i would rather just have the cash because it's like it gives you money that can only be used at one location instead of money that can be used at any location and it it's not like it's any more personal than just giving cash like if you think giving cash is rude you know it's not that much more of a stretch to be like hey uh i didn't want to get you cash because you know we're family, but I heard you like food, so I got you a gift certificate to this restaurant, you know? But at least, like, when you buy a gift card, and I haven't done so in a long time, but I'm pretty sure when you buy a gift card, if the gift card's, like, 20 bucks, the gift card costs you, like, 20 bucks, right? May- maybe 21 to pay for the actual physical card itself. At least, you, you know, you got good yield there. When you buy a greeting card, you're paying for, like, for nothing. You're paying for words. And not even, like, unique words, which you could write for free. You're you're, you're paying for words that are being used on, like, you know, maybe 7,500 other grandmas this quarter. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm the weird one. I don't think so, though. <laughs> I think, uh... By the way, this whole conversation has reminded me. I need to talk to my mom. I should talk to my mom this weekend. She's getting... She's pogging up because you know the birth is approaching and they're gonna you know it it seems like at least within Canada she should be able to fly um you know taking the necessary precautions but you know it doesn't seem like we're gonna be locked down to an absurd extent in uh September October which is is nice because I mean I'll admit that's what we were worried about for sure but we'll see we're not we're not out of the woods with respect to that stuff yet by a long shot. Actually, there's actually a um, there was a, a COVID outbreak in probably the second largest Vancouver hospital in the neonatal intensive care unit. So, like where your your child goes if there if there's problems at birth or they're a little premature or you know for if things ranging from like relatively routine to very serious, there's a there's a corona outbreak there right now. So. You know, just just a reminder that you're not out of the woods and you got to stay vigilant. But, you know, I mean, A, hopefully that clears up without having, you know, like truly terrible consequences, because those people are already going through a lot. But secondarily, on a selfish level, hopefully it also, you know, whether or not we end up going to that hospital, hopefully it clears up before, you know, the situation becomes dire for us as well. Because I don't even know, like, like, what what do you do if you have like a... An outbreak in the maternity ward. <laughs> not to laugh at it to make light, but I'm like, when people come in and they're in labor, are you like, please go to a different hospital? This one's got problems. Like I I honestly don't know. But again, you know, hopefully it's not a it's not something that's gonna be relevant for us, I hope. But yeah, my mom she she wants to talk. I don't know why I'm giving you that information, is if it's relevant for you, but <laughs> it's a good reminder. I don't, we don't need to send each other greeting cards just just a nice telephone call now and then I don't know if you have a dissenting opinion I'd love to hear it but if your dissenting opinion boils down to like you have to send a card or people think you're callous uh, or, or like you don't care I get it because we just sent cards you know we sent thank you cards because people sent us gifts but I'm like I wish I had the courage to be the change I wanted to see in the world there but I really you know it's kind of a weird situation right like my aunt, who I haven't seen since 2005, sent us a little gift for for us and the baby. I don't want to really get into a discussion with her and be like, hey, you know, my aunt's name, thanks for the gift. And she'll be like, oh, why didn't you send a card? And I'll be like, I don't really support the card industry because why should they get to pay or, or get to get a tax off of our sentimentality? Why can't we just exchange the words ourselves and cut out the middleman and, you know... Again, since I haven't spoken to her since I was, like, 17 years old, that's not really the first conversation I want to have with her as a as a real adult. <laughs> seems, seems a little heady. I don't know, man. That's where I'm at. There's a few industries that I'm, like, are toast. I'll tell you. And, I like, I'm, you know, this is the Take No Prisoners tour. We're going to have a Netflix comedy special that's called, like, you know, Offended or something like that. You can't say that. We're taking... We're making a lot of enemies today. Greeting card companies? Done. No chance. What else was I talking about a second ago? Magazines. Get them out of here. Cable. Now, that's that one stings close to home. I still have cable. Um, for a couple of complicated reasons. People, uh... Well, they, they're simple and complicated. Let's put it that way. Like a Utada Hikaru song. Um... Yes, it is a Kingdom Hearts reference. Yes, I have played Kingdom Hearts. No, I will never play Kingdom Hearts 3. Thank you for asking. Next question. Kingdom Hearts 3 cancelled. It's not cancelled, it's out. But you know, like psychologically and spiritually, I've cancelled it in my heart. Um, I have cable because I like sports. I like to watch the Canucks games live when they're playing. And, uh, I mean, they haven't been playing since March, obviously, but they're starting to play again in August, unless something has changed by the time this video goes live, which is completely plausible, uh, given the year that we're living in, um, but then people, they'll, they have the audacity to tell you, like, you've never considered the fact that, like, hey, Psst, NL, keep it on the down low, <laughs> I can't believe you haven't heard, some people will just, like, steal those shows and put them online for free, you can just watch them, dude, you don't need to pay for cable anymore. Here's the thing, all right. First off, yeah, I mean, I was on the internet in like 1998. I'm aware, but then, like, secondly, I have the means to support the service that provides the product I want, so I feel good about supporting it. And then, secondarily, I also work like in the same business. You know, I work in the in the entertainment business to make it as broad as possible. I suppose. Um, So whenever people are like, you should just steal it, I'm like, look, I don't get, like, upset when people watch stuff with things that may block ads. I don't know why I just say ad blocker, but you you know what I mean. Because I get it. You know, I've been to websites where I was like, we should really just, come on, you're going to autoplay music on me just because I wanted to read, like, a recipe for how to make popcorn shrimp? That's insanity. I even, like, so uh, to give you, like, the the behind-the-scenes, YouTube has changed its mid-roll functionality, and I'm still working, like, this out, but, uh... So I've I've got my preferences set to, like, please, God, don't auto-turn on mid-rolls, but it still does it for some of the VODs that come from Twitch directly to YouTube. So for the past couple of weeks, on the Unity VODs, if I upload them, it doesn't give me the choice... Uh, and I, I've got a workaround for this, but it just takes a while to implement. So don't sweat, you know, I'm not I'm not starving over here. But um, if I export them from Twitch, I have two choices. You can monetize them, but it'll auto- like, use machine learning to put mid-rolls in them. And it'll legitimately put, like, a mid-roll every four or five minutes. Which I think just completely destroys the viewing experience for people that- It really punishes the people that don't use Adblock. And the people that, you know, do use it- don't notice any difference at all. So, like, I, I I, wouldn't feel good about having that on. So I've just had those videos, like, unmonetized. Not demonetized. It's not like they started monetized and YouTube was like, uh-uh-uh. But, like, I, I'm just like, you know what? Don't turn on ads on this. Because, like, if I can't adjust the mid-roll placement, then, like, it, it just makes the viewing experience horrible. Um, so, like, I'm not trying to, to milk people for ad revenue. I, I get the, the online ecosystem when it comes to that. But at the same time, you know, as someone who works in the industry, like... You know, if you're like Tim from Oregon and you're, you know, 22 years old, you're a college student and you, like, downloaded Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that's that's one thing. I'm not, you know, you know uh, permitting it or glorifying it. I'm just saying it is what it is. If you're um, Steven Spielberg. And you pirate a movie? Not to say I'm Steven Spielberg, but I feel like that would be way more hypocritical. You know what I mean? There's a difference. Like whenever... uh, And, and, you know, streamers talk about it on stream sometimes. Sometimes even on the NLSS. And they're like, yeah, you know, I watched it through like less than than legal means. I'm like, really? Okay. I see how it is. What if I took your stream and I put it up at uh, the Superdome in New Orleans? So actually, that'd be pretty sick if, you know... 10,000 people could watch your stream for free and be exposed to you. But, you know, maybe the metaphor doesn't completely hold, but you kind of get the idea nonetheless. So that's, that's the reason. But I will admit that cable is really only able to compete via, you know, artificial and arbitrary restraints, you know? It can only compete because it's the only, you know, legal way to get sports on TV. It can only compete because, you know, like... Some of the channels haven't made an app yet that lets you actually watch the shows in a timely fashion, which is their loss long-term, I think. But I, I, I certainly think cable is toasted. Probably will go on to exist in another form, you know, like... I mean, do cable, like, actually sucks. The business model for it, I'm, I mean, people were eating good for years, right? But uh, the fact that you can't just buy the channel you wa- you want to watch and instead have to pay much more... I mean, most people, I think, on on TV really only watch, like, less than 10 channels, right? How many channels do I watch? Literally, like, I watch the CBC on occasion for the local news and the regional news. Um, And occasionally Hockey Night in Canada. So I watch the CBC. um, I watch whatever the local affiliate that plays Seinfeld reruns is from time to time. HBO like two of the 20 sports packages we paid for and uh like amc on occasion and that's it (laughs) and and maybe did i say tlc i do watch a little tlc now and then i'll admit but i really like to to buy tlc should be like two dollars a month but you know what let's be honest i'm selling subscriptions for five on twitch so let's call it five bucks a month but in order to get tlc you have to buy it in a $15 package that includes TLC, HGTV, A&E, uh, Slice, uh, the, the Women's Entertainment Network, the Hallmark Channel, um, the Outdoor Life Network. And I'm like, I don't want any—I'm not going to watch this. None of those shows interest me. Like, that's absurd. Imagine, like, if to subscribe to me on YouTube, you also had to subscribe to, like, you know, me, Mathis, Mouth, Dan, Scott the Waz, you know? The angry video game nerd. I'm not saying that those are not good channels, you know, because I don't watch any YouTube. I have no idea. <laughs> but still, you, you, I have to feel like that would impact people's enjoyment of subscribing if they're like, well, I really only watch, like, Scott the Waz's videos, but now I gotta, I gotta sort through this, guys, every time I sign on to the platform? It seems a little busted. So I, I, I don't think Cable has a leg to stand on, eventually. I think Cable will take a lot longer to die out, though, because of people like me that, uh, you know, as long as they're able to keep their sports uh, packages on the TV, that's that'll do it for a lot of people. Admittedly, that'll do it for me, you know, unless I stop watching hockey or something like that. Um, or alternatively, I could buy, you know, the Center Ice NHL Game Center Game Pass or whatever, but I've always heard that those are not particularly good yet but but maybe you know presumably before too long they're gonna figure it out um there's got to be other industries too trying to think like i really think like the car industry is gonna be in for some some interesting times i'm not a business analyst by the way this is just my hunch like i think my generation is 50 50 on self-driving cars online the discourse is much more positive for sure but i think that like you know, if you polled, like, the average 31-year-old, some people would be like, seems cool when they can get it ironed out, and some people would be like, I just love the thrill of pushing my foot down and having my car go vroom, vroom. I'd never give that up for anything. I feel like the generation that's one after mine is going to be, like, a hundred zero, And when you get, you know, fleets of self-driving cars, really seems like ride-sharing becomes the way to go, right? Like, why would you own your own car in, in the city, at least, I mean, you already kind of don't need to, to be honest. But why would you own your own car in the city if, like, you know, your taxi service had a fleet of 500 self-driving cars and with a tap of a button, you could get one to your location? If you, The answer is if you drive a lot. Economically, it might make more sense. But but that's, you know, that's that's pretty much where I'm at. I don't know about the movie business. The movies are in kind of a weird spot because of the, the virus as well. But, like, I'm also, like... You know, I, I still go off on this rant all the time. Now the discourse has changed, like, that there's so many online video services that it's like, you know, how am I supposed to pay for HBO and uh, Netflix and Hulu and this, this, and this every month? Well, like, don't take this the wrong way. You're not supposed to pay for them all every month. That would be sick, though, like, if they just had them all be for free. But the thing is, you're coming from the perspective of, like, when Netflix just got it all, which was great. If you were a consumer, but probably not that great if you sold your movie to Netflix for like, you know, peanuts and then they got a ton of views off of it. And you're like, I could just be doing my own thing right now and and making out like a bandit. Right. But I, I trust me, I do understand. But, you know, when I was like 20, if you wanted to watch a movie, things were, you know, we weren't spoiled. We were starving back then. You could go see the movie at the theater. Okay, now that it's not in the theaters, what do you do? Well, wait an arbitrary length of time until the poster at the uh, at the video rental store says coming soon. And then you're like, ooh, coming soon. On July 21st, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen's coming out. Let's go. I've been waiting for that forever. Uh, by the way, it sucked. And then you could rent it from the video store. And it was like... New releases were like 10 bucks to rent. Sometimes you could get like... Th- they'd have a deal where you could rent three movies for 10 bucks Canadian. Which is like, you know, considering that the DVD costs like 20 bucks to begin with, is highway robbery. Especially considering, like, after you get it, you gotta take it back to the store. We've come a long way. That's not to say it couldn't be better. Like, I'm cheesed off, dude. I want to watch that new Andy Samberg movie, Palm Springs, which I hear is a delightful groundhog-esque uh, tale of, you know, what it means to be a young adult. However, I can't watch it because it's on Hulu. And here's the kicker. They don't even have Hulu here. (laughs) There's There's no way to watch it at all. Now, other countries get screwed way more than Canada gets screwed. But still. I think the movie business is in a weird spot because, you know, I grew up being like, you know, yeah, even in like the year 2000, I'll pay 20 bucks to, well, not 20, that's absurd, but I'll pay like 10 bucks to go see a movie. Nowadays, people are like, I have to download an app for free to watch this $100 million movie? Yeah, I think I'll just watch the entire series of The Office again instead. How about that? You know, we got very different market conditions. I'm not saying it's better or worse. Like, I'm not saying you're spoiled in that sense, you know. It's not really spoiled if this is the level of service, you know, that you've come to expect, I suppose. So, I don't know. To be honest with you, I really expected that we would have been done with this video a long time ago. Uh, based on how long the last one was and how good our start was today. I thought that we uh, would not have to uh, come up with many more businesses. I really thought that the sustained rage from the greeting card portion would, would fuel us long into win 32. But uh, clearly that's not the case. We're going to have to truck it out a little longer. The other one that's like obvious to me is fabric softener. I use fabric softener, but I, I honestly have no idea why. Well, actually, now I don't because I think they they found found a way around the circumstance because they just, quote-unquote, put fabric softener into the pods, right? But even, like, before that, I was using fabric softener. And I was like, I don't even understand why I'm using this. What do you mean it softens the fabric? Like, I've never worn a shirt and been like, oh, this fabric is too hard for my skin. And then secondarily, whenever you call that out, fabric softener defenders log on and they go yeah but it makes things smell nice yeah but isn't that like what the detergent does to and the dryer sheet in the dryer like how many laundry products specifically are designed to just make clothes smell nice and how many of them do we need in every circumstance oh the dryer sheet's not for that the dryer sheet is to avoid static cling that's not a real thing okay I know that, like, legitimately static electricity is real, but I have never pulled clothes out of the dryer and been like, oh, they're stuck together due to static cling. Or, like, been folding the laundry and gotten zapped so bad, I was like, I should buy a product to help with this. Doesn't make any sense. These these are made-up problems, in my opinion. Maybe we're going a little hard on that one. Won't somebody think of Procter & Gamble? Their stock just fell by one-eighth of an eighth of a point. Doubt it. When, when your run starts great and then descends below the mean, that's when things are really dangerous. Because you got bad habits built from a run full of banter. And then at the end of the run, you're like, this is normally when I don't have to focus as much because it's in the bag. Clearly not the case right here. Oh, just let me go! <laughs> mission decidedly unaccomplished. Dude, mission unaccomplished, that would be a great name for like a... A slacker movie. About like... Justin Long doesn't know what he wants to do with his life. That is, until the CIA came knocking. One zany misunderstanding. Before you know it, he's in Yemen. I can't go to Yemen. I'm a slacker. Coming this fall. Coming this January. Mission. Unaccomplished. That's not a movie that would make a lot of money. But if you kept the budget really lean, you could make the production company a little bit of money. That that could make well, probably zero dollars at the box office. But it could be one of those movies that, like, for reasons nobody understands, constantly gets recommended by Netflix. Did you know that the new David Spade movie, The Wrong Missy, according to Netflix... It, by the way, it has like a 2% on Rotten Tomatoes. According to Netflix... 53 million people watched that movie in its first month on the platform. Now, I will say, Netflix counts it as a view if people watch for two minutes or more. Two minutes is not a long time to decide that this movie's a piece of garbage and turn it off. But it's scary to me that 53 million Netflix subscribers hit the button in the first place, thinking, like, this is going to be a treat. That That's scarier to me, even if they ended up turning it off. Like, turning it off is the bare minimum. Turning it on in the first place is is what scares me. You know, if you could just give me a little bit of extra sauce on my pizza, that would be nice. Nobody ever wants extra sauce. You you know, unless you want a Chicago deep dish or something. Extra cheese, sure. Extra garlic, yeah. Another topping, now and then. But too many toppings can, you know. You want to be able to... (laughs) I'm trying to... It's kind of a weird discussion. I told this story on the NLSS, though, recently. One time, um, I was at my friend's place in college, and we found a pizza place that, uh, you know, it was a normal pizza place, but they also had a sale where you could get as many toppings as you want for, like, X price. And it was expensive. It wasn't, like, the price of a pepperoni pizza. But, you know, if a pepperoni pizza was, like, 11 bucks, they were like, hey, for 17, you can get unlimited toppings. So we were like, okay, we got to try this we got one pizza that was every meat that they had on the menu and one and it was like you know twelve meats or something and then one pizza that was every vegetable that they had on the menu I'm here to tell you do not do this spare yourself both pizzas were disgusting but for truly different reasons the uh, the meat pizza was just like it it did not taste sinful in a good way it just tasted like. This is just too much, and my body is upset, you know. Like, I, I really think, like, one or two cured Italian meats is the way to go for a pizza. It's not good for you, but you get a little taste of the of the salt, you know. It's nice. A little peppery, a little tangy, a little meaty. Um, but, like, t- ground beef, sausage, spicy sausage, bacon, you know, th- there's just too many. And every slice was probably like 800 calories, maybe legitimately 800 calories, because they were freaking huge and and tall. It was like a, a a Chicago tall dish pizza. It wasn't deep. It was it wasn't depth. It was height. The vegetable one was just foul, and I I like my vegetables. But it's like a few too many competing textures. You know, you got that waxy kind of like onion, green pepper, yellow pepper texture. You got jalapenos giving you spice. You got uh, artichokes and olives giving you brine. It's just way too much. I I really, it's it's a situation where I would suggest that the unlimited pizza is not your choice. If you ever find yourself with the opportunity, I encourage you not to do it. I encourage you to show restraint. And, uh, and make the mature decision and maybe just get a pizza with, like, I don't know. We've talked about it for a long time. I feel like the optimum amount of toppings is somewhere in, like, the two to, two to four range, maybe. So you can still taste everything. And, I mean, cheese and sauce are a given. Everything after that counts as a topping. Anyway, for now, thanks for watching. That was a long one, but we got it. And I'll see you next time. See you!